Welcome, everybody, to a surprise episode of Don't Give Up a Skeleton. I am your host, Jeremy Greer. Uh, a few weeks back, Jason Killingsworth sent me a link in my Twitter DMs. It was to a Kickstarter page for a hardback and very special edition of You Died, the book about Dark Souls that he and Kevin McDonald wrote a few years back. I was extremely excited. I immediately tried to order it before realizing that it was a preview page. <laughs> so um, I told Jason that uh, if he would like to, I would uh, do a special episode with him and whoever he wanted to bring along, uh, talking about the book and the process and all that stuff. Um, and he agreed. So him and um, his designer, Andrew Hind, who has designed over 200 covers for Edge Magazine, uh, came on the podcast and talked about the process and talked about the book and all sorts of things. It's not it's, it's kind of an unusual episode of this podcast. Like it's not very specifically about the games. Um, it's more about dark souls one in the abstract and kind of how special it is. Uh, and mostly about the process of creating this new version of you died, which is probably the definitive book about dark souls and a major inspiration for this podcast. So I will stop talking now. Um, if you are hearing this, thank you very much for still being subscribed. Um, and if you're, this is the first time you've ever heard this podcast, there's 180 episodes on the feed waiting for you. Go check all of those out. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Forgive my memory, but you guys, did you kickstart the original release of the book as well? No, we didn't actually. Uh, and I wrote a little bit of a retrospective on the process of writing the book uh, that I posted on my personal website. And, and one of the big takeaways from that project for me was that I really regretted the fact that we hadn't done a Kickstarter, uh, which was surprising to me because I felt like I was... Uh, taking this this sort of noble high road by not, you know, going around and you know sh- shaking the hat and you know asking for change and and then I realized that I had I completely had the wrong kind of mental model around Kickstarter and around around crowdfunding in general. Uh, it just brings a much more intimate relationship between you and the people who are investing their kind of their attention and their you know enthusiasm into the project and obviously and their their money you know which is a, a very intimate investment as well because that's you know people's hard-earned money that we're you know, asking them to put on the table for what we're making so it it makes it it makes it very personal so what was what was the idea when did the idea start uh, when did you start getting in the back of your head that hey I like this book and I love what I did on it and I want to make a a nicer edition of it. Cause I, I vaguely remember you talking about doing something like this a couple of years ago, but I don't, I, I don't, when did that idea first like congeal and you say, I'm going to go do this? Yeah. Um, sorry for talking all over you, Andrew. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to uh, put words in your mouth. Like I just needed the most amazing designer. And I went to Andrew, you, know, you, 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 you do that bit for me. Yeah. I'd, I'd been spending years trying to, trying to just come up with any excuse to, to get to work with uh, Andrew again, since, since I had left edge. But uh, I mean, the, the genesis of the project, uh, I was working, I was working on a different book after, I finished You Died, finished the original version. You know, we put it out into the world, a paperback, and and that was lovely. And and then I moved on and started working on another project that was much more personal. And I was, I, I don't know if we touched on this a little bit in the in our last conversation for episode one hundred of of your podcast, Jeremy. But uh, I was doing some writing and exploring some of these little twists and turns of my. Uh, you know, quite strict religious upbringing, and and as I was dealing with that material, the idea of like taking something so personal to another publisher, and and just 
kind of putting it in their you know sausage grinder and and getting kind of put out the other end and in whatever form it just it felt it was just impossible to imagine kind of handing over handing over that what feels like a a baby you know i guess a brainchild in some way uh, and so then that was when i started to have this idea of like well it was a bit of awakening really of gosh i have all of this experience in print publishing through i mean i started my career you know working for a music magazine and and then eventually started covering you know film and and games and and so just little by little through osmosis i absorbed all of this expertise around around uh, the you know the field of print publishing and and design just from getting to work with with really really talented designers like andrew and you know i'm the i'm the writer who kind of he probably is like come to like have like a nervous tick over who like comes and hovers over his shoulder and is like <laughs> oh you know how are my words being presented and can you move this a little bit to the left and can you make this orange slightly more orange and he kind of does that like backhand like like with his fist and just to to silence the the noise but um but yeah so i started that was when i started putting together the idea for tune and fairweather uh was just like i had made the decision that my next book that really personal project i was going to put that out myself and with full creative control and and yeah and so then when when i was you know thinking about the launch of of tune and fairweather i realized that the that the memoir that i'd been working on it wasn't completely done and and i but i realized that i also felt like there was a bit of unfinished business with with the dark souls book because uh i'd been i mentioned this in the kickstarter story but I'd been you know, sending emails back and forth with the publisher that we were working with and they were great, but they had a, a slightly different kind of vision for where they wanted to go with the book. And they wanted to, wanted something that was a bit more um, mass market and, and paperback and, you know, around a, around a tenor. And, and I was like, Oh, can we do this sort of special treatment on the cover so that the, the moon behind Artorius's grave has this like really nice shimmer to it and I mean I just knew all these little tricks just from seeing Andrew do them on um, Edge magazine covers when I was working uh, in the Edge offices for three years as the features editor and so I knew that you could just create these amazing effects and I had asked them if we could do some of those and they said oh yeah we'll think about that and then they didn't uh, actually do any of them in the end which was disappointing so I felt like Okay, you know it's great that the book exists, but I there's still this incredible ideal version in my mind that hasn't been produced yet, and I felt like, gosh, maybe I can go back and and have a have a do over, which is like a very writerly thing because you know we're constantly going back and editing and seeing if we can make things just a little bit more perfect in our own minds, and I felt like I wanted to do that with the book as a whole. So at that point, you sought out the best designer in the world, as I think he referred to himself earlier, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, what was your, had, had you already read the original version of You Died at this point? I, I, we did an extract um, in Edge magazine of the original. Um, and so I'd, I'd kind of touched on it. Um, I can't say I read the whole book. Sure. But um, I... <laughs> Laid out um, the feature, which uh, remind me, Jason, which section was that from that we put into Edge magazine? Yeah, it was the one about the the effect on on developers and and just the effects on all the kind of the way that indie developers and I mean even AAA developers had had taken such like deep inspiration from the game and almost seemed like everybody was queuing up to to pay homage to. To Dark Souls, and so it was a chapter that was kind of talking to lots of different developers across the industry on the difference the game had made in their lives and their their art. Yeah, so I had kind of we was in the office and and we did uh, you know some work with it, um, and it's actually at that point when I did the feature that uh, started to really look at uh, Duncan Harris's um, you know in game photography um, and Dead in Frills, and that's what we used in the feature. 
Um, so that that kind of sparked our inspiration for for using his work in the in the book. Um, but um, no, I've I've had a, a good read now that um, we're doing this project, and uh, I, there's some some really nice little sections in there. Um, you know, I'm not a big reader, but uh, I was uh, I was really gripped by uh, certain aspects uh, that I had no idea about. All of the lore stuff, right? Like all of that Velka stuff, probably. Really, <laughs> he, he started reading from the appendix. Like he just started with the appendix and then kind of worked his, his way back. I, I just like like the little anecdotes and everything, and I love yeah, the, yeah, the I love cool. the the Cheddar Pain stuff. That's that's uh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I reached out to to Andrew, and I actually stumbled across the email just in a random search of my. I was searching for something else in my inbox, and I I found the original email that I sent Andrew and it was back in February of this year because I was I'd lost track of of how long we'd been working on the project because we've gone through so many versions and you know trying to to get it just right Um, and I remember I I remembered my feeling when I sent that email Um, I mean Andrew's a very as you probably gather is a very modest individual um, (laughs) and he lets his work speak for speak for him uh, he doesn't, you know, kind of thump his chest and say, hey, like, look at this amazing thing I did. Um, but when you've worked with him for a while and, and you see his craft, you 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 just can't help but they develop an incredibly high opinion of, of him. And so when I reached out to him, I, I, I really didn't think he was going to go for it. I, I was expecting him to kind of let me down easy and say, oh, well, you know, I... I don't have time to, you know, to take off, take on projects, kind of extracurricular projects or, or this or that. Um, and I think I told him in that, in that first email, I was like, if, if I can't uh, work with you on this project, I'm just going to have to go and find some like second rate <laughs> version of, of Andrew Hind, which I, I've heard like fil- filmmakers talk about having like a certain actor in mind. Like I remember, Wes Anderson like wanted Bill Murray for uh for Rushmore and didn't think he was going to ever get him in the film but but he had written the part just for him and and then it was just absolutely blew his mind when Bill Murray actually did the did the film and that is exactly how I felt with asking Andrew to to design this book because you know I had this vision for Tune and Fairweather and like wanting to hit the highest quality bar uh, and I'd been exposed to I mean, Edge is you know, still my favorite magazine, and and the level of like artistic quality that print can achieve is just being like hit over and over. And so I couldn't imagine doing something to a lower lower quality bar. So that that was that's kind of the long long version of why I was uh, desperate to work with Andrew. That it's just been amazing to to get to really dig into this project, and he just blew me away. I mean, I had such high expectations, and he. He brought, uh, yeah, like, actually, I'm kind of curious to know, I haven't really put some of these questions to you, Andrew, but like, <laughs> what was your thinking around uh, around the book? Because when you got back to me, you said that you were kind of eager to sort of flex your muscles working on like different types of projects, because you'd been working in the magazine mm. kind of format for so long. It was interesting timing, because um, you got in, you actually got in touch with me maybe a couple of years before that on, an, on another project, and I just said, no, not interested kind of thing. So you're probably right in, you know, thinking, oh, would you actually want to do it, because it already kind of shunned you um but do you, do you remember what project that was that you, that's you said there was some stuff at, at, at riot that um that could help on with i don't know if it was t-shirts or posters or something i was just trying oh that's right i was just trying to uh i think i was just yeah just trying to figure out if like if you do some like freelance design for mm. for riot yeah so it wasn't like a personal publishing project it was yeah yeah was yeah just, which uh, that kind of thing is kind of yeah it's kind of designer for hire kind of um i could have probably done some you know work and it would be you know clocking in and clocking off but um you came to me with this project as as a real passion project um and i've seen how passionate you are about games and about print media and um you you've got a kind of an artistic and quite kind of emotional spiritual kind of the 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 real love and magic of of 
either the game or the print, um, you know, book or magazine. And um, yeah, it was kind of funny timing because you got in touch and I've been on Edge Magazine for quite a while now. I think I've done something like 230 issues of Edge Magazine. We can bleep out when you say the actual year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I I joined Future Publishing last century, so it, uh, it's, it's quite a while. Um, so I'd just turned 40. Um, I'd probably racked up my 200th issue um, on Edge, and... Um, I, you know, I've been thinking for quite a while now, you know, what's chapter two of my uh, career? And um, I've always, always wanted to do a really beautiful book because you can only do so much uh, with a magazine. We've had some really lovely treatments um, for our front covers, yeah. but it's never, it's always going to be a, you know, five, six pound, you know, almost throwaway thing. If anybody has thrown away an Edge magazine, I want to know why. Um, but, a book is something, and with the levels of materials and quality that we're putting into this book, we want, you know, this is a book that is going to last generations. So, you know, everybody kind of wants to leave their mark, do something that is seen as really, really good, beautiful little thing. And um, uh, the, everything that Jason has been talking about in terms of Tune and Fairweather has absolutely pricked my spider senses in terms of uh, achieving th that legacy and those beautiful little things that, um, you know, especially, you know, the Dark Souls community and, and gamers, you know, they, they appreciate the special editions and the really nice finishes mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, and we're going to hopefully go into all different kind of subject matter, but um, it's a nice place to start because... I know this audience and I know how much they appreciate um, quality. You know? So one of my big questions right before we started recording, you mentioned that um, you don't really play a lot of video games in your spare time and you haven't played any of the Souls games, but you've done obviously quite a bit of illustrative work. Uh, one of the things that I just saw you guys talking about on Twitter was these little icons that you created. Um, my buddy Illusory Wall was trying to decipher them on Twitter, which I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, what's the that. What's the what is the process of kind of dissecting a game into those kind of core ideas, but not actually having the experience of the games? Do you like watch let's plays? Do you just look through fan art, or not necessarily fan art, but concept art? How how does that work? Well, I mean, as these big games come through, um, kind of the edge system, I I kind of pick up a lot about you know what they're all about. And um, the thing with the kind of the icon and the symbol, we've used that a lot um, in the past with Edge um, in our kind of book of zines. We've got the top 100 games of all time, and each one's got a little icon uh, and a little symbol. Um, it's quite quite a nice little thing to have as page furniture. Uh, and um, if you've ever seen the Edge annual that we do once a year, um, the the kind of symbols all laid out in a in a kind of geometric pattern uh, is the kind of uh, the, the kind of brand um, visual uh, for our annuals. So I'd done you know a lot of stuff with the patterns of symbols before, um, and for, for for Dark Souls um, particularly because um, I had done it quite a few times. Uh, I'd already kind of played around with quite a few of the symbols. We'd done little helmets and, and things like that. But really digging into it for this project, um, we kind of dredged through kind of all the kind of concept artwork books and we were just looking uh, at the different artwork and things like that, that we, and the menus and seeing all the little symbols and icons and things like that. So because I wanted so many for this, because at the beginning we said, oh, shall we do, you know, five or ten or whatever. To just <laughs> it always starts through. with five or ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 50, 50 and, then, and then I had a, a grand plan, you know, that there were certain reasons why we wanted so many. And uh, the, the, there's a few mysteries and secrets in the book. Um, and yeah. I wanted at least 50 um, to, to achieve that. And... Um, 
I just kind of just went everywhere possible to find anything uh, that would fit into that because um, I, I quite happily found maybe twenty, but we've 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 got actually over fifty because uh, uh, we put a grid out, but um, it made a nice little tidy um, grid. But there's some more as well. So um, it was looking at shields. It was looking at um, just little in hood items. In the game, uh, the Slack channel exploded at that point. I remember us sending images back and forth of, like, I was snapping photos of the design works, <laughs> uh, your book, and like, oh, if you look on this banister in the Duke's archives, it looks like there's some sort of little mm -hmm. etching on that because that's something we can turn into another icon and and just bouncing these things back and forth or like statuary in En Orlando or like he said, like just shields. And it actually gave me a fresh appreciation for the designers who worked on the game. There are so many unique patterns. There's so few recycled ideas uh, when you're going through all of that, all of that different uh, paraphernalia. And they had to, I mean, we were just getting to piggyback off the amazing variety that they had already built into the game, but they were starting with a clean, a clean slate. So it it was it impressed on me all over again kind of why i love the insane like attention to detail that's in the game it's it's so rich and deep you know and there's something kind of that you can't quite put your finger on about the style and about the feel um and hopefully kind of as we've pulled things out that's come across but you you can't quite put your finger on the time period or the you know, the world that you're in. Um, so, you know, going through all those kind of concepts, um, books and things like that um, was really nice. And, and I've probably pulled some things out of those that haven't made it to the game. So they, there might be some question marks over what does that mean, you know, and because it might not be in the game. So um, it's always nice to have a little bit of kind of mystery around it. That's what, something that Dark Souls provides in spades i think is that that singular aspect of mystery has drawn so many people back to the game over and over and over again um just you know just whether it's cut content dives or uh you were talking about like the insane amount of detail i follow a, an artist on twitter that has been pulling out textures um from sekiro which is of course you know four mm -hmm. or five generations down the line of not generations four or five games down the line from from software uh, but just pulling like patterns out of these items that exist in game, basically in the background and identifying actually where they come from in the world. And like, oh, wow. you could do that in dark souls as well. Like they have a pretty well-established like history of all these things. And it's, it's just really fascinating that you guys are creating that sense of mystery that the, from, a, from a place of illustration that the game does would be a gameplay and kind of story, which I find, you know, like I said, super interesting. Well, I was going through back, I was going back through all those books as I was picking out, you know, just going through the concept art. And one of the things that came out of that was, I mean, obviously like I had kind of book craft at the forefront of my mind. It's like when you're, if you've ever gone shopping for like, tried to buy a house or something all of a sudden you're just obsessively like fixated on every single house you drive by and and so i think it's just when certain things are kind of at the front of your your mind like you're just keenly aware of them but so i was looking through all of these books but even just going through the books themselves i had this feeling of i mean maybe it's like a slightly um kind of narcissistic kind of thing but i was like gosh this Dark Souls, like, this book isn't good enough for Dark Souls. Or, like, um, then I go to the next <laughs> book, and I was like, oh, this, like, this this isn't good enough for Dark Souls. Nothing's good enough for Dark Souls. I'm like that crotchety, uh, like, you know, father who, like, you know, all the suitors are coming, you know, to court his daughter, and he's like, oh, no, no. Old armored man yells at Cloud is what I'm hearing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fat Tarkus yells at Cloud. There you go. Yeah, so I mean that just drove me back to the project um, in terms of like the physical object that we were making. I was like, we have to, we have to make the the Dark Souls book to end all Dark Souls books. Like we have to create like the One Ring kind of version of this idea. Um, and so that was really inspiring because there. I mean, the, I'm talking about some beautiful books. Like you know, obviously, like the Design Works books are. You know, really gorgeous objects, 
and there were there are aspects of the future press books that um that I really like like the the covers are really handsome and they're really imposing volumes and um but then there's other parts that I was like oh this isn't this doesn't quite work and I do this slightly differently and I suppose that's the kind of joy of creativity is that everybody has an opportunity and the freedom to kind of bring bring their own ideas and to bring their own offering and and so um I couldn't design a book that I felt was worthy of the game and I wouldn't have been able to do that and so uh, that's why that's why I had to tag team with Andrew you needed jolly cooperation did, just, to, just to drive the point home. <laughs> oh, it's made it so much more fun uh, to have that person that you can just bounce those ideas back and forth with. I had that when I was working on the writing of the book. Uh, I was really fortunate to be working on the book with Cousin McDonald, who's just so smart and her games writing is so insightful. And and so that was, you know, that was a really fun co-op uh sort of play in in that space and then i feel like i've just have the, i'm spoiled it's like these this embarrassment of riches of then on the design of the book then getting to do the same thing uh all over again but with andrew on the, on the actual design of the book and and andrew what was like what was your original kind of idea and uh for the cover and how did that change over time as you collaborated with jason and, and the rest of the folks involved well I kind of um, started looking at the cover and working with the cover, and I was like, I love the the original cover, but I thought that this, you know, as Jason said, it's like, you know, we want to do something that's like the ultimate version of this book and and something that people are really going to look at that's new and, and, you know, different to that. So I was like, you know, is there any way that we maybe just not use the original um, cover art. And I think Jason... That was a controversial suggestion. (laughs) You were kind of, you know, you you fall in love with things, don't you? And and, and you love that artwork. And and I do too. And I think we've been respectful to it where you you get that first um, spread of the uh, book where it's like the name of the book and the authors and there's the... The, the beautiful illustration next to it. We're talking about Paul Canavan's, um, who's actually been on the podcast, uh, but his just gorgeous uh, painting of, of Artorius's uh, grave with you know the dark root trees and the moon just rising like a giant, you know, all-seeing yes. eye kind of in the sky above it. It's a stunning piece, but but yeah, we've moved that to the interior now. Yeah, so I mean, I started working with that and, and, and just kind of, you know, what could I do to it? What could we add effects to it? And we were looking at maybe even just running that exact illustration, but on what we call mirror, bo- mirror board, um, where it would be printed onto a, a super re- uh, metallic kind of silver background, so it would be really shiny, um, or, you know, tried several different um, treatments of that one image. But it always was in the back of my mind, you know, this is an opportunity to do something totally different. My personal kind of style is to do something kind of abstracted from the original concept, but something super simple. Um, So I played around with those kind of stained glass window kind of elements um, and and looking at that rose window in an Orlando and coming up with a, a design to kind of overlay over the original artwork, um, which I think Jason's touched on on some of the updates on Kickstarter. Um, so that it was kind of the lines that I was doing it were almost just going to be kind of spot varnish lines on top of the original artwork. So that's why all the lines kind of marry up with the, the grave and the moon and things like that. Um, and um, I was kind of just, yeah, all right, We'll, we'll use that artwork. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of go in along with this. But then I just kind of put something out there on our Slack channel and just, you know, you, how about this? How about this? How about this? And I think I sent through kind of 10 different things. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually a really nice process because um, it bounced backwards and forwards uh, with suggestions. Uh, and I found that this, you know, it happens kind of when you've got the, the right people um, saying, you know, the right suggestions and, and can collaborate um, on a really kind of 
kind of level of uh, of kind of passion about the project and you, and you, when it goes backwards and forwards and, and it keeps getting better uh, at each mm-hmm. kind of suggestion uh, it, it, and it falls into place then you know it's it's a really really kind of satisfying uh, feeling and um, we, we just kind of came up with this idea of, of um, having those kind of lines from um, the, the, the kind of medieval kind of rose window style um, but but having them as a an emboss into the the book and and that's what, what I'm saying about kind of the abstracted kind of concept um, so we're not kind of doing a kind of a pastiche or a kind of a fake old thing where we're taking yeah. those old themes but doing it in a contemporary way um, and I think that that gives it a, a real nice feel um, because I, I've seen some books done in that kind of oldie worldy kind of stained edges kind of way and I, I feel like you can really fall into a few kind of holes in in that world um, so I, I like what we've what we've come up with um, but there was several several versions before we got there and I'm, I'm curious uh, at what point in the process did you decide on a a light and dark version so I said there's a there's a level of Kickstarter <laughs> where you can get both and then there's the both look extremely gorgeous, by the way. I think I'd, I'm a little partial to the dark cover, but which do you like? Which do you like the best? Uh, I have to put the question to you. light or dark. The... Um, is that to me or? Yeah, I, I was I was curious uh, if which Jeremy um, preferred, just as a kind of. Oh, I like I, I I think I prefer the dark a little bit, but I'm yeah. doing that thing where I'm where I have the Kickstarter right up on while we're talking so I can look at things and mm-hmm. I'm looking at the, at the light version going, maybe I should double dip. Maybe I should have three <laughs> copies of this book one day. <laughs> well, I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is right, Jason, but I mean, when we, you started talking about this, you know, coffin, it's like Jason's coming to me and he's like, you know, we put this book in a coffin and it's going to be great. And I'm thinking, God, what is this guy been drinking? And, uh, I, I, then I, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You, it's like you died, and it's 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 in this wooden box, and and this is great. And I, I said, you know, wouldn't it be amazing that you open the wooden box and you don't know if you're gonna get the light or the dark, you know? And <laughs> that's it, right. It, yeah, we, we, it, I it, like it, that. Yeah, it feeds into this whole thing, you know, souls, and you know, the the whole kind of game kind of plays with the idea of death and the afterlife and you know that this this deep mysterious law that is in the game um kind of chimes with you know certain religious aspects and you know some of the projects that me and jason have been talking about you know touches on on religion um so yeah i think the, the light and dark kind of started being talking about at that point um but I think you just and you you had a kind of vision for the white and the gold and and the black and the silver and and we're really kind of interested to do something with the naming and things like that. Yeah, we, I remember being um, torn about whether to call it the the Way of White edition after the Way of White Covenant or the Anne Orlando edition, uh, just because that white marble with the gold accents is such a key kind of part of the visual motif of Anne Orlando and is is such a mind-blowing kind of change in visual aesthetic kind of once you leave the the grime and dark and of sen's fortress and and you actually and the you know gargoyles kind of lift you up and all of a sudden it just transforms the visual experience of the game so much that i almost wanted to have that version represent that amazing transition moment but uh i went with the more literal one uh because the book is white and the way of white has the word white in it. So <laughs> it's very artful. Uh, um, but I, did, I, I thought the covenants, because I used the grave Lord servant um, kind of covenant to name the, the edition that, that Andrew mentioned with the, the leather custom leather bound edition in the, in the pine box kind of coffin. Um, so I felt like I'm a sucker for consistency. So I wanted to keep the covenant, you know, naming convention running through, but 
Yeah, that's one thing about starting your own publishing company. It's just really fun to name things. It's like uh, you know, playing an RPG and spending an hour looking through books of Norse mythology to name your Skyrim character. Uh, that's the uh, best part of, of doing podcast as well, is naming the podcast. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the recording and the editing and the releasing on schedule that's the kind of the bummer part. But naming, yeah, all yeah. day long. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> um, yeah, was, Jason, you mentioned earlier that we were talking about um, like being able to go back and kind of um, do a better job by the book. And I know you actually yeah. got some new content for it. Do you want to take a minute to talk about the new stuff that w- that is in the book? Oh yeah, that was, that was such a fun part of the project. I, there was no way um, I was going to do a, a special edition without like expanding the book. Uh, I feel like that's, it's almost like th- that's the very minimum that you can do when you're, releasing a new version, if you're asking people to to spend money on something that they potentially already own. Um, and and Souls fans are, are notorious for for having, you know, multiple editions of the same game just because, you know, the, the case, you know, some little aspect of the case changed and so they have to, you know, show their their love and express their fandom by getting that that new variation. And I didn't want to take advantage of that. I didn't want to just release, like put a a new kind of obligatory just coat of paint on the the paperback version of the book and then resell it to people. That felt that felt kind of slimy. So uh, I I wanted to I was like, I just want to do an entirely new chapter. Um do all new interviews uh, and actually one nice nice aspect of that is that as thorough as we you know tried to be there are just so many stories that we weren't able to include in the original book and and one of those that I was like oh I knew immediately that I wanted to to talk talk to um to illusory wall uh and his his name's Patrick I don't I don't think we need to um to sort of keep his first name shrouded in mystery, but I'll put um, his I'll put his address in the show notes. No worries. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, let's talk some. Uh, we'll all just show up at his house and, and tell him how amazing <laughs> he is. Uh, but he was somebody who's like I had been following his his site and like the way that he um, just added perspective to the world in terms of piecing together, you know, how all of the parts of Lordran fit together he did these amazing visualizations and um and used the the debug to kind of get angles that you can't actually see um just by playing through the game uh in normal circumstances but he had gone on this uh, chaotic quest to figure out to reverse engineer how these rare creatures in the game vagrants spawn and the amazing thing is that i i had played the game for probably close to a thousand hours like over just multiple multiple playthroughs and i had never ever seen a vagrant not once but had seen people talking about them online and like oh yeah i found a vagrant in my game and i was like what is that and uh so like just doing that chapter and interviewing patrick and and uh if you know, finding out about vagrants and then going online and and, I, and that was another moment where i just fell so hard for Dark Souls all over again. So I was like, the fact that there's a game that you can play that much and then still be surprised by, I mean, it's astonishing. Like I still like it almost like causes my brain to start overheating when I I think about (laughs) how difficult that is to to pull off. So yeah, so that was that was incredibly fun. To put it in pers- perspective, like how dedicated a loser wall is, like t- even today he was, um, like I, I saw him talking about discussing about completely rewriting the wiki page for stamina on Demon Souls because apparently ninety percent of it was incorrect wow. until he went through and like actually tested stuff. So like <laughs> even today on a game that came out in two thousand nine, they're still updating the wikis, which is just like part of how insane the Souls community can be about getting every single absolute detail out of it so that's how that's him saying i love you to that game i mean that sounds incredibly cheesy uh, and i kind of cringe a little bit even hearing myself say it but it is that like i mean that is what it is like that like when i like 
work on this on the book or you know when i was writing it when i was writing this new chapter working with andrew on figuring out what it's going to look like um for me that was just saying you are the you are the most special game that's ever been created and i want you to i made this really nice thing for you <laughs> and and it it really does have that quality to it um and so illusory wall like investing all of those hours and not just uh, the vagrant mechanics but figuring out the level differentials in terms of who you can uh, co-op with and engage in pvp oh, with yeah. all of the stuff is just I, insane I mean, it's dozens and dozens of hours uh, conservatively for like each one of those uh, testing processes and I, I can't wait for people to to read that chapter i mean it's a really meaty four thousand word you know, deep dive into his process and kind of the lengths to which he went to. I thought it was the perfect example of, of somebody just doing something crazy outside of the game. Um, well, sort of bridging that divide, but, but yeah, just showing his, his dedication and, and really in a kind of a selfless way. I mean, because I mean, he gets, he gets a little bit of renown within the community, but he's still, I mean, for the amount of work that he's done, he's still criminally uh, sort of under uh, appreciated, I would, I would say. Uh, but so I hope the book will will really raise his stature, you know, within within the community for those who might not know the amount of work that the wikis that they have relied on that that there was this individual who was so key in in making sure that everything, all the information in there was uh, actually passed muster. Andrew, how how often do your eyes glaze over when being adjacent to conversations that go into a lot of detail, like level summoning ranges and vagrants? Do you do you just check out of the conversation <laughs> no, I, altogether? <laughs> no, I I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love you know the the, the depth uh, of love and and uh, research that goes into this stuff. Um, you know, working on Edge, um, we we you know engage with the hardcore um, all the time. And um, I love, you know, designing for the community because they're so passionate about it. Um, and it, it's always positive, you know. It's like talking to people that love the games and they say they love the magazine and, you know, with this book, um, you know, hopefully the community is going to love the book. And it's just a love fest, you know. Um, and, yeah. you know, being super kind of anal about this stuff and uh, really you know revealing the the, the mysteries of uh, the game and the world um that is the fun bit you know um the uh the the, the size of the book that we've created and the, the love we've put into it hopefully kind of you know represents that 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 love of the community that it's it's going to uh, land in the hands of yeah, and I think the community is is rabid for this kind of these kind of stories. Um, even and that's the thing that continually shocks me about Dark Souls specifically, um, and, but also Bloodborne is just the long tail. Like obviously the remaster, the the re release um, or remaster release, I guess I should say, is has extended that. Now you can play that on all the modern consoles, and it works fine. And multiplayer is way easy with passwords. Like we've filed down some of those rough edges, rough edges, but people are still playing. Like you can still find people playing the game and writing fanfic and all of that stuff like eight what are we eight almost 10 years later uh from the start of this franchise it's <laughs> insanity to me yeah since demons yeah that was yeah it's, it's just it's absolutely crazy to me and as as, as someone who just has gone through and that Andrew, this is for you as someone who has has experienced these games through uh like edge magazine and, and going through the process and seeing all of it is I have to ask this because I, I'm just insanely curious. If you compare something like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Sekiro, do you come out of that with favorites? Like the obviously the the people who play the games definitely have their own like. Well, I don't like this one, but I like this one because of that. And they have you know gamers have a lot of opinions and they're not afraid to share. Oh it. yeah, but I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> There's a lot from of opinions a, out there. A, a lot of opinions, uh, lot of but from an either an aesthetic or just a design standpoint, do you have a, a preference? Like, does one inspire you or engage with you more than the others? Um, I mean, out of the the from software um, games, I mean they, they all look beautiful and it's 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 fantastic to work with them assets. You know, when 
Um, the editor of Edge um, tells me what game we're working on. You know, for the for the new issue, there's always either a kind of a heart sinking moment or a kind of hooray. Um, <laughs> Your shoulders yeah, kind of slump. And I won't, you know, um, you know, put a dampener on any game franchises that are out there. Um, but you know, whenever uh, we've done anything with Dark Souls, it's an absolute joy because. You know, I like to think that Edge is, is a kind of a, a little bit more serious, sophisticated and somber kind of magazine. Uh, you know, we have fun, but we like to take the game uh, world seriously and, and, and treat it as an art form. And uh, Dark Souls is, is yeah. an absolutely kind of center of the target in terms of um, what we see uh, in games as an art form and as, uh, you know, deep kind of rich um, source of, uh, you know, of, of kind of narrative kind of art form. So, yeah, I mean, um, it's always been great working with, with, with all the Dark Souls stuff. I mean, we on the magazine and, and working with, you know, books now, you always want loads of great um, assets to work with, uh, artwork and things. And there's not been loads of artwork that have come out of the Dark Souls games. So you always kind of struggle a little bit um, to come up with new images um, for games where they've not been super generous and given you folders and folders full um, of artwork. Um, That's our work for yeah, the publisher, yeah. obviously, because mm-hmm. <laughs> the community oh, has yeah, more yeah, than kind of showed up yeah, to, yeah, but, uh, to... But like anything great, you know, they, they, they don't just give you everything that you ever want. You always get left wanting more. So um, we, we just, as I you know, mentioned, had uh, Dark Souls in our game of the decade and um, we did another cover, which is now several covers on the game. And it could possibly, I was asking uh, Nathan, the, art, the the editor of Edge, is this the game that's had the most Edge covers ever? And we, we didn't work it out, but because Ooh. it just had one on the last issue, uh, it possibly could Interesting. be. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I was desperately kind of trying to find a, another bit of artwork from the Dark Souls, um, that original first game. And um, because there isn't that much out there, I was like, no, I've run out of artwork here, Nathan. You know, like, what do we do? <laughs> but but found a piece right. um, that was uh, sort of associated with the remastered. Uh, or actually could have been a piece of artwork that was associated with the release of the whole Dark Souls 1, 2, 3 package. I don't uh, know if, okay. if mm-hmm. that's got a special name. Um, but there was a, a new piece of art for, for the the trilogy pack. Um, so I've used that for um, the, the recent um, Edge cover. But all the artwork for the, for Dark Souls is, is lovely, but there's only a few bits. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, out of uh, the the From Software games, it, it, it's in terms of artistically, it, it sums up a atmosphere that is very particular and very intriguing. Um, Bloodborne and Sekiro are great looking games, um, but they're a little bit maybe more kind of straightforward, kind of blockbuster kind of um, fun visuals um, Dark Souls is kind of gives you a slight cre- creepy feeling you know about the, the... so Andrew you, you missed one um, Dark mm. Souls edge cover uh, that I, I need to remind you of uh, it's the leaving mm. cover when I mm. left Edge magazine <laughs> <laughs> you photoshopped my head over the, the kneeling you know, Oscar I guess uh, uh, and you actually found a photo of me. You dug it like off my like Facebook page or something mm. of me looking sideways, so that it actually was facing kind of the r- correct direction to be photoshopped onto his <laughs> head. And uh, and then I think it says like the Dominator in like giant um, bold text. Uh, I think we can happily add that to the, the, the count of official with, uh, edge covers that it's had. Sure. Yeah. That, absolutely. But uh, no, no, we all, we always. <laughs> try to make really nice leaving covers for anybody that's been on the magazine and uh, I, I kind of spend too much time <laughs> probably um, on, on making them really nice so yeah of course I was going to uh, do a nice nice job on on that one to uh, send uh, Jason on his way and thank him for all the hard work he's, he'd done on the magazine um, but uh, yeah I think there was only 
one game that it could have been for you. To bring it back to the uh, book yeah. for a minute, what is your favorite piece of art that you've done, or favorite piece of work you've done for the for the book, Andrew? Um, the, 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 for this new um, new book, uh, and, uh, well, the piece that I've created for for the new book, or, or some of the illustrators that we've been working with. Um, yeah. I, I meant it as what one that you've created, but if you have a favorite out mm. of any of them, that's that's perfectly fine as well. Um, I, do you know what? Um, I've got a, a love hate relationship with the artwork that I've done for the poster um, because I. <laughs> so good. I um, it was a, a huge challenge for me because I don't do. I'm not an illustrator. Uh, I don't do posters, um, uh, and I kind of I'm an editorial designer that dabbles in mm. creating original artwork and and doing little bits of illustration. Um, and uh, I, the amount of time and studying the Analando, um building and, uh, and and really kind of finding every single angle I could possibly find uh, to p- pull out little details from it. Um, I, I kind of hated the amount of hours I had to put into it. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's be honest here, I, I didn't hate it. My wife hated the amount of hours that I had to put into it. Um, but I love the, the end result because... Um, so buy the book so that Andrew's <laughs> wife, she, she, she has left him and is now living separately. And so if you buy the book, then he can use the success of the book to lure her back. Um, but I, I think I think another one of those incidents where it pinged backwards and forwards, we, we every suggestion uh, that it went backwards and forwards between me and Jason, it, it got better and better. And, and now I, I can look at it and I'm happy. I was, I, I was kind of... I'm not happy with about this, you know, because I, I, I a little bit out of my comfort zone. But I think we, it, uh, it, it looks really good now uh, that we've we've got it to that stage where it's a, a finished illustration, and um, I've got a real kind of uh, appreciation of the the guys that designed that uh, um, Analondo kind of cathedral thing. There, I mean, I'm, I don't know the the full ins and outs of if, if that is just a cathedral it's the whole city um but um it is very detailed and the more you look at it the more things you notice um i was kind of designing the main structure of it and then i was having the the things coming off the side and then i realized that there's a like a little walkway um stairway just on one side <laughs> right. so there wasn't the other side and uh, Every time I looked at it, I thought, oh, I've not, I need to put that into it. So, um, yeah, that, that was a rewarding project, uh, the, the poster image. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a monster to, uh, to defeat, uh, which kind of uh, works with the Dark Souls world. Yeah, I was just going to say one note on the, on the poster, even with that using Hawkeye Goff's um, kind of quote, lead, lead thy life as, as thou seest fit, and... And having the the mother child image kind of on the pedestal there just it brings even this this really in, intense kind of um, just relational poignancy to just that idea of like the child kind of breaking away from from the parent and um, yeah almost uh, there's like that that boss figure to kind of defeat not in a an adversarial sense but but just in finding your own way in life um that has you know a a deep kind of personal poignancy so the fact that the game can create a context in which you can even process your own kind of personal life journey like using the iconography of of the game is is just a testament to how to how rich it is jason you've obviously been very passionate about you died since um and passionate about Dark Souls in general since even before the game came out, which I think is makes you unique among a lot of Dark Souls fans. Um, do you have any last things to say to the people that have already bought You Died or that have already pledged or that are on the fence of pledging or may not even know anything about the book? Like, what would be your thing to say to them? Yeah, I, I, the, the thing that I would want to say is is that I did absolutely everything I possibly could. Uh, the way that Andrew was 
was talking about that the poster that he designed the limited edition Kickstarter poster, um, how it kind of required and summoned all of his ability um, to deliver something great. Uh, I think that is, that's what the game demands. And that's when you're creating work inspired by the game that you want to live up and be worthy of the game itself as, as an homage to the game and a, and a tribute uh, I mean, what I would say is that is that I took that quest really, really seriously with this project, and I I think we've we've done something really, really spectacular um, as a as a team, uh, just bringing in kind of the the right designer, uh, just bringing all of the things that I'd learned even since we released the, you know, the book and paperback and things that I oh, would have done this slightly differently. And actually, you know, this isn't sitting quite right. And, um, so we've just, we've worked so hard to, to make what I, what I think we can fairly say is the, the definitive Dark Souls mm -hmm. book. I mean, that's on the Kickstarter there and it, you know, those kind of, statements that you see written on um on stickers on games of like the ultimate this or the definitive that um they're, they're almost a dime a dozen and you can find some like tiny blog that <laughs> you know said something nice and about whatever you made and kind of blow it up into this big thing but but i really feel like um we set out to do that and that that we succeeded in doing it um and the only thing that is like keeping it from its ideal state <laughs> is that it hasn't been printed <laughs> because uh, <laughs> we we need a large sum of money to actually uh, pay that printer to roll the presses. So absolutely, ev absolutely. Everything is there, kind of ready to go. And but this is the part where we get to open up that that kind of that jolly cooperative element even wider, and we get to have people help us actually make this real. I mean, we have all of the files ready to send. We have the printer selected. We have, you know, we've gone and we could do a whole podcast just on trying to like figure out how to create the, the cover effect and, and what kind of processes were used would be used to manufacture the look that we we're going for. And that was, you know, kind of an entire quest in itself. Um, but yeah, we, we just, yeah. So it's the fact that it's not real yet. The fact that it just it needs to be printed and put in people's hands. Um, that's that's kind of the final thing that we can't do on our own. Uh, we can write it, design it, you know, create the vision for it. But but in this case, uh, we need fans and we need the community to show up in a big way. We're fifty percent of the way through the campaign, but um, this isn't like one of those bell curves where you get to 50% and then it's just this like, we like going down the other side uh, to the finish line. It's like, oh, okay, now we're like um, near the top of Everest. And then now it's like, gets like even more kind of perilous and we've got to be creative about how we kind of get the word out. Um, because from software is not going to uh, jump on their Twitter and, and, or Bandai Namco and tell everyone to go support our book. So uh, we're, we feel like a little bit of an underdog kind of spirit and, and trying to rally people on Twitter and annoy, you know, journalists and try to get them to write about this, this thing that we, that we love and have invested so much time in. As, as well you should, because it's, I think, a, I know the original version is uh, very near and dear to my heart, so I can't wait to see this this updated and at what looks to be absolutely gorgeous version actually come to life. And uh, yeah, if you haven't and you're interested, you can go to youdiedbook.com and that'll redirect to a Kickstarter campaign where you can pledge a variety of amounts of money for a variety of different editions and extra bonuses and all sorts of cool stuff, um, including that aforementioned poster, which... <laughs> I'm looking at, and I might have to pick that up and put it in my Dark Souls room, which I am the kind of nerd that actually has. Um, Andrew, Jason, thank you very, very much for spending your time. I really appreciate it. Andrew, where can people find your work on the internet? Uh, obviously, Edge Magazine, but do you have anything you want to else that you want to plug or link to? Uh, 
I, I am kind of just Edge Magazine and Tune and Fairweather, and I don't kind of put myself out there on on the the, the world of the internet. I, I'm kind of an old fashioned guy, but um, yeah, I'm not plugging anything other than Tune and Fairweather today. Excellent, Jason. <laughs> so I I have a a personal site, jason-killingsworth.com, that's been languishing a bit as I've been kind of pouring all my free time into uh, working on the on the book. Uh, but I would say kind of the main the main place to, to go at this stage to see what I've been working on for uh, really two years in terms of setting up Tune of Fairweather and then the, I mean, nearly a year now uh, working on this uh, new hardcover version of You Died is the Kickstarter page that um, has all of the all the details about the campaign, and uh, Tune and Fairweather has a website as well. That is tuneandfairweather.com. That's T U N E A N D F A I R W E A T H E R dot com. Tune and Fairweather. Those are the two snakes in the logo uh, that I took from my favorite book about a 12th century hermit who had these two snakes who were friends of his who would kind of curl up around his legs, and their names were Tune and Fairweather. So. Um, so we designed the the snakes around those uh, kind of beloved uh, book characters uh, from my kind of literary obs- obsessions. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's about it. And I'm just going to tack on one little brag on uh, Andrew before we go because I haven't like just fanboyed enough on him on this podcast <laughs> so far. But he he mentioned when he was talking about um, just the little little Easter eggs and things we've we've kind of tucked away in the book and I'm going to spoil one uh, just here at the end of the podcast as a little preview of, of what people can expect when they, when they dig into the design of the book. Uh, So these mysterious uh, vagrant creatures, the way that they form is that somebody drops an item and then it gets passed around a, a little glowing item bag will appear in different people's world, their game instances and if it gets passed uh, 10 times, then it becomes a vagrant, uh, this little egg creature. There's good versions and evil versions. And then if that little vagrant goes, another pass gets passed between game worlds 10 additional times uh, without getting killed, uh, then it turns into a red phantom vagrant. And so in the book, at at the top of a certain page in the book, you'll see the small outline where the, the icons that we were discussing, instead of the icon, there's the outline of, a, of an item bag on one of the pages. And if you turn forward, if you flip 10 pages ahead, you see the small uh, icon of a, is replaced by a vagrant 10 pages later. And then if you turn an additional 10 pages, that is a, <laughs> there's another vagrant who's actually in, uh, depicted in red to to show the red phantom vagrant. Are we uh, are we going to need so, a wiki for this version of you died? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I know just the guy. I know just the guy. Um, but those those are the kinds of touches that like this that just convey beyond the shadow of a doubt that this game was made by by people who are obviously absolutely in love with Dark Souls. So. Well, we we could have a wiki about you know all the secrets that's in this hardcover edition of You Died, but it, there's just kind of one section of people that are gonna hear about all the secrets that are in there, and and that's the the top pledge actually um, on the campaign. Um, they they get a little kind of a little pack there that tells them all the secrets that are in the book. Um, so uh, <laughs> like I'm afraid that. you're going to have to shell out for your top pledge there. <laughs> so amazingly of those four, um, there's four just kind of like crazy high pledges. Uh, I'm like slightly embarrassed to say, but of a thousand euro kind of per pledge, but we want to do something like almost like the, uh, you know, that Wu-Tang <laughs> album that like, you know, we were talking about Wu-Tang as like an influence on this project. It was amazing when we were talking about like they did that one-off album that, that they had just invested like some crazy amount of effort in producing this one single copy that was incredible. And so we wanted to do something special for those um, those four people who just go crazy and uh, support the project at like that highest level to 
create some kind of codex or or something to include like a handmade codex or something that we include with their copies of the games and who knows maybe that will they'll share that with the community at some point or not and they'll just um you know keep it to themselves but but these are the just the kind of weird crazy things you can do when you set out on a a creative uh project that goes to Kickstarter and then that just opens up other weird opportunities to be sneaky and, and uh, creative as well. So I think when I said, um, you know, I really want to put loads of really interesting secrets and hide things and, and stuff that you're going to just miss. And, and I said, is that okay? And, and Jason went, it's just like, go nuts, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so we, we, we spent too long on all that stuff, but it just makes it a, a, a more fun. Um, to to think that there's stuff in there that if you really look deeply into it, you'll you'll see eventually. Well, thank you guys both very much for spending the time and coming on and talking about the book with me. I, I very very much appreciate it. Um, we mentioned it before, youdiedbook.com. I'll mention it in the intro, and it'll also be in the show notes so that you can go just click on that, um, as well as the various other links mentioned. You've been listening. Don't give up skeleton. I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don't give up skeleton.com. Um, hopefully a bunch of you are still subscribed since it's been on a little bit of a hiatus. If not, you can resubscribe at that website. Um, and I really appreciate everyone's support. Um, and please go buy. You died. Please go buy it. And also, Jeremy is in the book. He is I should, I, at some point, I probably should have said I should have, like disclose that I, I didn't actually mention it during the podcast. But yeah, if you uh, if you want to read about some of my PvP shenanigans, I am uh, and one of the one of the interviews in the podcast talking about Fat Tarkus. Um, so yeah, go go check that out. Udadbook.com. Uh, and also remember, don't give up skeleton. I haven't uh, I haven't gotten to put a lot of those questions to Andrew, and, and so I was just like had my popcorn, out, uh, <laughs> kind of munching. As, as you, I was like, oh, yeah, what's your, uh, what is it? No, no, it's because it is weird. It's like what's your favorite this year? Almost like a relationship. You d- you don't talk about big stuff, you know. Um, so um, we've kind of gone into this, and we we both know what each of us think, right. but we've never really talked about it. Yeah, this has been fun. I re- like I said, I, re- I really appreciate it. Jason, it's always absolutely a pleasure to talk to you anytime I get the chance to. But it was really nice to meet you, Andrew. I was uh, I was I was doing stuff with the family, so I was I usually do a little bit more, um, just you know, just general Google searching for somebody that I'm about to interview, especially if I don't know them. So I was doing that during the podcast, and like every one of your edge covers, I was like, oh yeah, I love that. Oh yeah, I love that. Oh yeah, I love that. So. I didn't want to fanboy out during the podcast, but extremely nice work. It's some really good stuff.